wouldn't it be wonderful to use colors as a way to make your life healthier and better? Hi, this is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we are joined by a world-class expert in the use of light as therapy and it's a healing agent. And that individual is Dr. Alexander Wunsch, who is a physician and he's based out of Germany. We've interviewed him before because he has just a treasure trove of information uh, about a topic that very few people have really a deep understanding of. So we're delighted to have you back uh, and help expand our knowledge in this area. It's an honor to, to talk to you again. So uh, you've been uh, diving deep into the use of color for or light as a therapy for quite some time. So. You, you, I think you touched on your journey uh, previously, but maybe you can uh, refine that, especially uh, as it relates to the topic that we're going to discuss today, which is the use, the therapeutic use of light, not necessarily the avoidance of dangerous light, which we did a really wonderful review on the dangers of LED lights previously, which was one, which was widely viewed. I think it's half a million to a million views at this point. So we're going to talk about a different aspect. So why don't you talk about what, when you started and how you got interested in this aspect? Oh, it's, it's long time ago. In the meantime, <clears throat> I started um, to, to experiment with uh, colored light probably almost 25 years ago. Um, and my first approach was the mm, color puncture from Peter Mandel. But, mm, one evening I met a friend of mine and I told him that I would like to go um, deeper into the um, color puncture issue and like to learn a little bit more about that and uh, he handed me uh, over a book um, from Dinsha Gadiali, Let There Be Light. And uh, these days there was um, a German translation, Es werde Licht. And he told me, oh, I, I know that this is out of print and uh, I, I really don't want to give you this, uh, this book for more than, than a day. So I took it home and uh, I made a copy. And in this night, when I came home, I just screened uh, all the pages through and um, tried to, to get a glimpse of the quality of, of spectrochrome and why this should be much better than the color puncture from Peter Mandel. Because this was what my, my friend told me. If you start to, to learn about colored light, you should start with Dinsha's method, with the spectrochrome method. And uh, it was kind of fascinating because uh, in a way it met my uh, expectations from the physical point of view as well as from the physiological point of view. So as a trained physician, you might know that, that you are mm, in, in a way trained to, to ignore the effects of colored light on human physiology. And so it was uh, just a, mm, a leap to, to make uh, for me in, in 
these days almost a quarter of a century ago. And in this first night, when I screened through this, all these pages of the spectrochrome method, I thought, yeah, well, this is really a, f a fascinating color system. It's not, not only a color therapy method, it's also a beautiful color system, how Dinsha arranged these 12 basic colors Mm, how they compose the, the spectrochrome color wheel mm, is um, a pleasure by itself mm, because it's very symmetric and it's, uh, there is a logical um, plan behind it. And so mm, I started to, to evaluate mm, this method on my own mm, in the first step. Okay, so in, uh, was Dim Shaw a clinician? He's from India, I'm quite certain, and he's not. Yeah. Well, he's no longer with us. He passed away. Uh, maybe you can tell us when he passed away and and what type. In of 1966, he passed away. But half of his life, he he was born in India, and he was um, very early in his life. He he was uh, kind of genius um, in, in at the age of three years so he came to school and he was very very much into technology uh, in in our modern words probably you could say he was a kind of nerd he was uh, very much into electricity electric electrical lighting uh, was his job in, in his early years so this was something peculiar with with hymns or something special that that he was able due to his uh, technological and uh, electrical skills to combine color filters with uh, electrical light sources yes and uh, he his it seems like you have a really uh, interesting uh, skill to find and identify these early pioneers that were ostracized that were really geniuses and you've done that with light certainly uh, and even earlier uh, pioneers that we talked about in a previous episode uh, such as Kellogg and some of the others I think you you went into about a half a dozen different ones that really had uh, provided a lot of information that was essentially abandoned by the conventional model as it appears with Dimshaw's work so he, I believe he was, uh, his work was not widely adopted or accepted and he was fairly critically, uh, had criti cri quite a bit of a few critics and skeptics. So maybe you can expand on that and the status of his work today. Yeah, in the beginning of the, of the 20th century, in the 1920s, uh, there was a tendency to get rid of all the um, quackery in medicine and uh, you had I think hundreds of different medical schools kind of universities in the United States but they all followed their own uh, ideas there was no standardization of the therapeutical methods no evidence-based medicine as we know it uh, today and uh, in, in this um, crusade, you could say, uh, the spectrochrome method was one of the, of the 
hundreds of targets of the FDA. Um, there, there was there was um, the idea to get rid of all the all the physically based um, treatments, and I think it's completely clear why you would do that. Sure, it's, comp it's competition. A, <laughs> <laughs> it's competition, and yeah, if you if you have a patient uh, who takes uh, a brave patient who takes the pills uh, every day, he's a good customer as well. And so if you have a, a client uh, who is treating himself with uh, colored light, you might sell a light bulb to him, but uh, that's it. So it's it's not big business in, in this way. And uh, Dinsha was uh, bashed by Scientific American, and so the the mm, blue light um, ideas. There, there was a hype for blue light these days, and it was very popular. And light therapy, you think of Kellogg, for example, was very popular. And so the um, medical experts, in a way, they mm, had mm, problems with with the spreading of of these. Um, physically based methods, and so it was, yeah, it was more or less a logical step to abandon the method and to uh, to ban it in a way as Dinsha experienced it. And Dinsha did did one thing quite early in his um, chromotherapy career that he thought, okay, if if the doctors are not ready for the method, I will address all the knowledge uh, I collected um, around colors and the diligent use of colors. I will address this uh, to the um, to the layman so that uh, his his uh, motto was spectrochrome for every home and this was uh, his aim he wanted to to spread the the word about the effects of colors mm -hmm. so that everyone um, would know how to treat himself or herself by using colored light. Well, let's go into some of the details now, exactly what this form of therapy looks like. Uh, when you're using light, you could, it would seem obvious there's two basic ways you can implement the therapy. One is to put on a colored glass, so essentially the light coming into your retina would be the color frequency, or you could actually use a colored light, which I would imagine, uh, well, there's different ways that you can make that, that light. You could put that similar filter that's in the glass over the light, or you could actually have a filament that's, that's uh, providing a frequency, or an LED that's providing a frequency of the wavelength. So can you tell us uh, how this uh, a process is applied? Is it through the eyes? Is it on the skin? Is it both? And does it depend on the condition? And, what, and then again, what types of conditions this is useful for? So basically, uh, you could say mm, there is a systemic use and a local use of colored light. You would shine the light onto a body part, which can be the eye, which can be the skin. So there is a dermal application and there is um, an ocular application. 
and you can treat systemically, which means you are taking a light bath covering all the full body surface with, with the light. And there are local treatments. The, the ocular treatment is some, somehow in between the local and the systemic because you're treating only the eyes, which is locally defined. But the eyes are the window of the brain, are the window of your vegetative system. And so the treatment of the eyes is also a systemic treatment. And in, I think it was in the 1930s, um, when the spectrochrome method had been banned already, there was uh, some kind of modification, which is called syntonics optometry. Uh, and the syntonics optometrists, they use the light, the colored light, exclusively for the eye. And they address also systemic disorders um, using this uh, ocular pathway. And uh, as a basic principle in phototherapy, in a way, it does not matter um, what kind of technology you're using for the light source. Important is that you cover um, the wavelength band and that you, um, that you reach certain intensity levels. But uh, intensity levels already is uh, something which is very close to modern phototherapy. And spectrochrome comes or stems from a time where you also had effects based on <clears throat> information and not based on intensity. And this means you can use a large, huge uh, color projector, but you also can use a small little light and might have um, comparable effects. Can you give us some examples of conditions that uh, this type of treatment would be useful for? And there is a textbook for spectrochrome, which, which is the, the title is Let There Be Light, and it's um, authored by one of Dinsha's sons, um, Darius Dinsha, who is the, the, um, the actual president of the Dinsha Health Society. And in this book, you can <clears throat> read um, that that more than 320 different disorders had been successfully treated and are successfully treated also nowadays and in the past. So um, I would not um, exclude any disorder from the potential treatment with the colors because you can at least um, benefit from the symptomatical treatment. Um, and in many cases, you also can treat in a causal way. But if you want to have some, some uh, concrete examples, one of the most amazing examples is the treatment of of a skin burn, I have a series of, uh, of um, photographs where you can 
follow uh, the treatment on a on a daily basis so the patient had been photographed um, for 14 days mm, daily pictures and it's Im amazing uh, how this mm, skin burn healed up just being treated with different shades of, of colored light with different use uh, with different spectrochrome colors and mm, this already would, gives you an, would these yeah. colors be for wounds would that be permanently in the red or even the near infrared no to, no, Interesting. no. There is a uh, there is a logic. Uh, Dincha um, was well aware of of the of the ends of the spectrum, the invisible ends of the spectrum. He was aware of the ultraviolet and the infrared light, um, but he claimed that it's not necessary to use UV and it's not necess necessary to use infrared. He just focused on the visible part of the spectrum on the rainbow colors and the extra spectral colors which i could explain probably later if it's of interest mm -hmm. and um, he understood um, green as the central color green as the color which balances all the different um, body functions and also the the mental functions and also emotional partly also emotional functions and the colors with longer wavelengths compared to to the green he called the infragreen colors and the shorter wavelengths he called the ultra green colors and this was already a very easy concept because when when you think of the five classical um, signs of inflammation, then we can tell that you have um, the reddening, the erythema, you have heat, this, the inflammation, you have too much uh, inflammatory or flame effects, so to say, the tissue gets red, the tissue gets hot, the t tissue is mm, painfully mm, altered, you have um, a mm, hampered function. So there is also a fifth, but uh, at the moment I would have to concentrate on that. But uh, too much of red, too much of heat mm, gives you already the idea which color to use. Uh, you would use the ultra green colors to compensate for the mm, long wavelengths, which become apparent by reddening, by fever or heat. So um, an acute inflammation would be treated with ultra green colors and vice versa. The chronic inflammation or the chronic disorder uh, should be treated by the infragreen colors. And always there is uh, the target, um, you are always aiming to reach the green after a certain while, because this is the balance, this is the middle between the extremes. Interesting. It was my understanding that when you had a wound, that uh, this seemed to be in some of Kellogg's material too, 
that you wanted to stay away from the uh, the, the ultraviolet rays or the, the shorter wavelengths because that would impair the wound healing. Uh, is, is that correct? Or especially even in the early days when people had smallpox uh, and they would get yeah. really, really severe scars if they exposed the, that wound to the sunlight. So the, here, it, here it becomes uh, a bit uh, complicated. Um, if you have an inflammation, um, is something on its own, and sometimes it comes along with an infection. So some um, germs, some bacteria, they um, just are aggravated or they, they benefit from uh, shorter wavelengths. And um, ultraviolet light can induce inflammatory reactions. We can tell this, for example, from, from the erythema um, caused by sunlight. Mm -hmm. So this was one of Finson's findings that um, light acts, short wavelength light acts as an inflammatory. But if you have too much heat <clears throat> and you want to cool it down, it's important to lower the activity of the metabolism. And the metabolism is more or less represented by the activity of mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have an overactivity of mitochondria, then you would even increase this overactivity probably um, if you are using long wavelengths, because the long wavelengths, they definitely activate mitochondrial activity and, and metabolism and energy production, which we know from um, photobiomodulation, of course. So, yes, you could treat a skin burn with um, a certain intensity of long wavelength light, but this is not what Dinsha did. Dinsha uses for a severe skin burn, which is induced by long wavelengths, which is a thermal skin burn, mm -hmm. um, he would use violet or indigo in the first step, in the first phase. And the, the reason, for example, is when we talk about a thermal skin burn, then we have blistering, we have um, excretion or secretion of, of liquid, and we want to reduce these um, secretory activities. And here, the violet or the ultra green colors in general are much better than the mm, infra green colors. There comes a moment in, in the process of wound healing where we definitely need the longer wavelengths as well. But we start and compensate for the excessive heat, for the excessive infra green. Mm, we compensate for that using the ultra green colors. And personally, I had the best. Ex I made the best experiences using the indigo in the first step. And um, if you have, if you treated a skin burn once or twice with indigo, you can even keep this uh, injury from. Mm, from developing a blister so that uh, the natural coverage um, or the dressing by the, of 
course, the skin is burned, but if the blister does not fully um, form, it will hold and it will stay the uh, the skin, even if it's thermally um, modified, will stay as a as your own natural uh, wound dressing for the first few days, and this gives the deeper layers the time to regenerate and to restore. And then, so, uh, if, so, if you yeah, so let's get a, a practical example. So uh, if a person is outside, has excessive sun exposure, gets a sunburn, or accidentally burns themselves on the stove or some other hot instrument. Um, it sounds like the best approach, one of the, I mean, you could use ice, which would probably make a lot of sense, but you could also use, or maybe, maybe you can comment on that, but this indigo light or the violet, and then if that's the case, how would you apply it? Would, it, would you do an incandescent light? Would you do a coherent form of laser therapy or... You know, how, how does this implement it? I would use um, the incandescent lamp equipped with the indigo filter, mm -hmm. and I would shine this onto the skin. Um, you know what happens when you're applying um, ice? You get um, in a second phase, first you get a cooling, but then when you look into the textbook of Kellogg, mm -hmm. um, the, the skin tries to to keep its temperature so mm. there there will be um, increased uh, blood circulation which is exactly what you don't want to have uh, in case of a thermal skin burn mm. and the the eyes will therefore only act very superficially and the light in the indigo colored light will act on different layers of the skin. On the superficial layer, it will reduce the inflammatory reaction. And uh, in the deeper layers, there will, will be some photobiomodulatory active uh, radiation as well, because when you are using an incandescent lamp and combine it with an indigo filter, you will have on one hand, a kind of basic field consist, consisting of uh, near-infrared and you will have a controlling field um, which consists of the um, indigo which addresses the reduction of the metabolic activity on the surface. So that was another question I had uh, with respect to the administration of the therapy. Because it, if you're using incandescent light, which is obviously an analog full spectrum source, uh, and you put a filter over it, the question is, is, and I think you really just answered it, but you're going to get the majority of the wavelength being this indigo wavelength, and I don't know, was that 700 or so, 750? And there, But there will be other wavelengths that penetrate through that filter, is that correct, that balance it out? Yeah, the... Um there there is a thing about the filters which were which had been available at at the times when Dincha was doing his research the one issue was that almost all the glass filters and today the um the gel filters the plastic filters 
they are transmissive for infrared radiation, mm. especially for the infrared radiation. Because if you absorb the heat mm, excessively, the filters will will break. They they will uh, melt or they will um, just break into parts as glass filters would, would do. So the filters um, from from with the old technology, you always have. Mm, a transmission in the long wavelengths part of the spectrum as well. And this, in a way, fits well to the principle of uh, Fritz Albert Popp, who said there is a mm, supporting field in the long wavelengths part and uh, an information field in the visible and probably also in the UV part. But for the mm. spectrochrome method, we use the information part in the visible um, section of the spectrum and we use the supportive um, energy from the wavelengths we also know as being effective uh, in, in the realm of photobiomodulation. Okay, so you are getting both, it's, but it's the infrared only that, that leaks through probably above 800 nanometers or, or the near infrared I would assume. Uh, and then the indigo, which is not the 700, that would be the other direction. That'd be what is the way the around, is indigo like is around 430 or yeah, so. 400. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I guess how would one administer this therapy? Are there lights that are available? Then these, and they have to buy a set of filters to, to insert over the light and then administer that over the skin? Um, the the spectrochrome projectors in the United States are banned since um, several, several decades, since I think the 1940s or, or so. Um, but it's easy to, to just add a, f a filter to an incandescent lamp. A box can be can be used. So if, if you're a bit handy, it's it's easy to build your own spectrochrome color projector. And the Dinsha Health Society also provides, I think it's two or three dollars or so. It's very cheap plans for cheap self-made projectors. So they're do it yourself version. Yeah, the and where do you get the filters or the for the the, um, filters? the, the filters? If if you purchase the Let There Be Light book mm -hmm. from the Dinsha Health Society, um, dinshahealth.org, I think is the web address, mm -hmm. and um, then you have if you if you purchase the book from them, you can be sure that you always have the the latest and actual filter recommendation. And there are some providers, manufacturers who manufacture color filters, uh, gel filters and um, plastic filters for theater use, for um, musical events. Um, two companies, one would be Roscoe, the other would be uh, Lee. And these filters are 
commercially available. You can order mm, the recommended set of different filters and due to the fact that they are the original filters are meant for, for example, the Roscoe filters are meant for theater lighting. Um, you would not get exactly the spectrochrome colors you want to use because the theater filters are made for visibility. Mm -hmm. And this means they are, they, they are trans transmissive for also part, parts of white light. So they mm -hmm. are not highly saturated, but the spectrochrome colors, they have to be highly saturated. And um, in order to achieve that, you just combine, according to the recommendation of the Dinger Health Society, you combine several of these filters. And in the end, you will have um, a filter set, which gives you exactly the properties of the original spectrochrome filters uh, from 50 years or 60 years ago. And right. this can be added to an incandescent lamp, reflector lamp or whatever. And, uh, or for example, uh, I, I um, have a kind of hobby, um, which is mm, producing handmade uh, spectrochrome lamps um, for my German customers or for the European customers. I do not market them, but uh, I'm in contact with patients, so I want to, to give access to the spectrochrome method to them. And uh, there is the, maybe you know this angle head lamp, which had been uh, part of, of this uh, stuff given to the American soldiers since the Vietnam War. These torches, these uh, angle head lamps driven with two D cell batteries, mm -hmm. and they uh, are mm, they are not in use anymore because the military switched over to LED lamps, mm -hmm. LED lights. Uh, so you can, but you can still get these angle head lamps, and they are made for adding some filters for signaling purposes. And this is a very handy device. You use, I'm using the, the spectrochrome filter recommendation and put them, put these filters into the cap behind the batteries. And you can, you have a ring which enables you to put in several of these filters. And so you can produce the um, the spectrochrome colors um, by misusing a military device in a way for healing purposes. That's always good when you can make that transition. So uh, you, I've seen some of your uh, presentations before where you've showed PowerPoints of illustrations of patients that you've treated with this, that you just described these patients with relatively severe burns and you use the indigo or the violet light on them and, and then showed the progression over a matter of days. Uh, and I'm wondering, uh, you know, how many people you've treated like this and what has been the response of your colleagues when you show them this result? Are, are they embracing it? Are they dismissing it? So for example, if, uh, um, if, 
patient of mine uh, has planned a surgery, the eyelid should be a bit modified for uh, beauty uh, purposes, as an example. Then I give them um, such a spectrochrome device so that you can treat them um, directly after uh, the surgery. They can treat themselves. And normally the colleagues, they the first thing what they say is, oh, it's healing up perfectly well and so fast. And when the patients start telling them what they did, they just nod and they just ignore it. They, it, it doesn't fit into their, into their um, concept of, of medicine. So um, I normally I recommend to my patients um, not to mention uh, their self-treatment with colors to, to colleagues of mine because the colleagues, they are very swift in declaring someone as a, as a, a maniac or as a fool. Mm -hmm. um, they will do this more easily than changing their own um, ideas of, of healing. Sure. So just curious, what type of filter or color filter would you use for post-surgical wounds? Is it the same, the, the indigo? Yeah, it's a, it's a trauma. It's an acute trauma. So you are on the inflammatory uh, end of the, of the spectrum and the infra green part of the, hmm. uh, of the rainbow and you would use the ultra green colors. So the first one, two or three days, depending on, uh, on the reddishness, on, on the heat in the tissue, you start with indigo, then you switch over to blue. After two or three days, you already can use the turquoise and then the green and the lemon. So depending on, on the progress of healing, you adjust the color which fits to the actual condition. Well, this would seem to be a very useful tool to have in your tool bag especially if you're a parent, because one of the challenges that we all have as an artifact of living is we're going to fall down and get injured and have scrapes and bruises. So uh, it, it's just, why not have the opportunity to heal it with light? I mean, it's, it seems really a, a useful strategy, virtually no side effects unless you use the wrong colors, but you know, it's not that difficult. I mean, you just gave the instructions on how to do it. And how long, how long would you, do, do a treatment for a few minutes and how many times a day before you, uh, or is it dependent upon the severity of the injury? So uh, in, in the classical, in the original spectrochrome method, uh, you would treat uh, for 30 to 60 minutes. Mm, long time. This, this is uh, a long time as you, as you name it. And um, for example, talking about skin burn, talking about wounds, um, bruises or what, what what happens with children as an example um, children normally are concerned about their injury as long as it's hurt as it hurts and as soon as the pain is gone they will not uh, be willing supposedly 
to continue the treatment. Uh, this is exactly the same with cats and dogs, as an example. Uh, they know exactly how long to treat themselves when, when you treat them with colors. And uh, personally, I can, from my own experience, I can say after five minutes um, of treatment of a thermal skin burn, the pain turns into a kind of tickling discomfort. And uh, when you remove the light, the indigo, after 10 minutes or so, this tickling discomfort disappears, but um, almost Im immediately. But as soon as you mm, treat, treat it again, or, or tonate, Dinshaw says tonation for the for the uh, use of the colored light. If you treat it, if you go on treating it, and the tickle, the discomfort reoccurs, there is still some uh, something to do for the color waves in the tissue. Um, so to say it in, in uh, normal words, in my experience is as long as the tickling and discomfort reappears, under the influence of the indigo light, you still should go on with the treatment. Um, I, I but, only, treated, but only for about five minutes, right? No, no, no. I treated, oh. uh, I had a third and fourth degree skin burn um, mm -hmm. on my wrist. And I treated this uh, for more than two hours. Oh. But I was able to prevent it from blistering. And so it healed up within two weeks or so. Wow. And when the blister breaks and uh, the exudation starts and mm, the, the cover is damaged, so to say, then problems might occur, or at least it takes longer than it would take uh, if you follow the rules. So for the acute and, and a skin burn, a thermal skin burn is, is a, very good example for a highly acute event. And in highly acute events, you will see mm, fast effects. Um, in the treatment of chronic disorders, it takes much, much longer because a chronic disorder took years to develop. Um, so you should not expect to cure it or to heal it within uh, a few days. So there is a completely different strategy for the chronic disorders. Interesting. So let's talk about another common condition, which is low back pain. I believe 80% of the people in the United States have it at one time or another in their life. Uh, and I, I, my suspicion is that you would divide it also into an acute and a chronic component. But a, a common treatment strategy that many clinicians use is, is a use of a monochromatic uh, red near infrared laser therapy, which obviously would go against your rationale of a treating an acute injury and actually would make it worse. So I'm wondering if you could comment on the use of this therapy for the low back pain. Um, talking about low back pain, uh, I was um, a trainee in Alexander Technique. Um, which is, uh, and I'm trained in osteopathy or craniosacral therapy, and it, also in acupuncture. 
and um, every, every therapist who is trained in, in these um, methods knows that the way the, the the part where it hurts is not necessarily the part where the problem is mm -hmm. and so uh, you it's not so easy to compare this uh, because if you if you use uh, an acupuncture needle at a certain point you can um, relieve the back pain mm -hmm. and you can use the laser light instead of the needle you also could use temperature or vibration or other physical um, stimuli so we have a, a reflex system and working in this reflex um, system cannot easily compared to the systemic or local application of uh, of colors because the the example with the thermal skin burn was uh, one of the rare examples uh, for a local treatment normally the spectrochrome method uses the um, the the whole body tonation and there is there is uh, a set of questions you can ask and then you will get an idea how to treat it so is the chronic is the back pain acute or is it chronic if it's acute you would probably use the indigo because indigo also relieves pain and uh, an alternative would be violet or purple these three colors are classical pain relievers mm, and if it's really an acute event then you can hope that there are no other roots of this disorder in other places of your organism. If it's a chronic event, um, you would not necessarily treat the area of pain, but you would start with um, a whole body tonation using lemon as um, as an example mm -hmm. so and, uh, you sometimes uh, under the influence of the light you can even tell um, the connections in your body so you can mm -hmm. use it diagnostically too yeah of course so you were kind enough to send me a box of different uh, spectrochrome glasses and uh, interestingly one of the instructions on it was to find a color that seems to resonate with you and interestingly the color I picked was green so let's and it actually it's just one that felt the best so and it, it's interesting that you said that is the, the normalizing color too and that was before I knew this but I'm wondering mm -hmm. if, you, if you can tell me how you would use these types of glasses I'm assuming this is a, this is a systemic treatment when you're using the glasses? Yes, you could take out the indigo glass from the um, from the indigo set and could put it, you could put this as a filter above um, a small skin burn mm -hmm. as an example, but normally the, um, the spectrochrome glasses are meant to be worn on, uh, in front of the eyes. And I had uh, since the more than 
since more than 20 years I'm using um, the spectrochrome colors with my clients and patients and I always had uh, the problem that it's complicated to set up a room for a full body tonation as an example. Mm -hmm. So you um, have to take care that the temperature is in the optimum level. You need um, a projector, you need the filters. And so it, the idea was to, to have a means I can give to my, to my clients for the time in between when I don't see them. Mm -hmm. So that they have something in their pocket and they just can give them kind of reinforcement of the treatment they uh, receive systemically or locally in the classical way spectrochrome is used. Because the, it, it's so easy to, and it, it not only refers to uh, spectrochrome, it was the, the German poet Goethe, he recommended to, uh, if you would like to experience a certain color, uh, then it would be ideal to step uh, into a, a room which is completely tinted uh, in this color, or you could put some glasses in front of your eyes, and then you can feel um, and explore how the color resonates with your system. And um, for, for me, the, um, the glasses, they, they resemble a kind of ultimate uh, life hack because you can just choose the best color for the moment, for the situation out of the box. And maybe you will find out that green is not always the color mm -hmm. uh, which fits best to your actual situation. When, when we just imagine um, the, the color world which surrounded us uh, as early humans in the steppe, in the savannah, in the rainforest, uh, in the riverscape, um, the coastal landscape, the desert, the mountains, all these settings, they, they are linked to uh, certain colors which uh, are predominantly active in this scene. And the seasons, they, uh, they add their color characteristics uh, to the location and to the climate. And so we have normally, or our, our physical uh, and mental body uh, expects uh, colors from our environment. And uh, when, when you are in a concrete desert uh, and you look around, then especially during the day when daylight is on, uh, you would miss a lot of these colors. And um, during the night, you will not have uh, colors for longer uh, periods of time. We, we, sure. Well, well we can... let, let's, let's go to nighttime therapy. That's another, mm -hmm. another common challenge that many people have is disruptions in their sleep cycle. So obviously as the sun sets, they're really the only colors that are 
towards the red and the, and the infrared after the sunset. So I'm wondering uh, if you have any systemic recommendations for a uh, full body light treatment, what the color would be. Would it also be, would you actually go the opposite way and go violet? Would that still be useful that? Or would you go, would you go with the red or the near infrared? So we we have to see that the the colors the highly saturated colors um, mm. they are only um, intense or the brightness of of the colors um, will come into existence when we talk about lemon when we talk about yellow especially when we talk mm. about yellow um, or orange, but the highly saturated violet or indigo or purple or magenta um, are very dim uh, mm -hmm. colors. They are not bright colors. They are not intense colors in a way that they uh, have a high intensity. Uh, so during nighttime, the dark, uh, the darkness is important and you can have and you can use the darker colors during nighttime. Of course, I would not recommend for someone who is in a chronobiologically disordered situation mm -hmm. to use the blue light, or the blue sure. glasses uh, sure. at nighttime. And if you have to, due to uh, an additional condition, mm -hmm. then you still for example, for the spectrochrome um, colored light treatment, you can choose the position from where the light is shining onto the patient because um, we have more sensitive receptors for light which comes from from uh, the sky di direction from above. So if you shine the light from from their feet, uh, from from the different mm -hmm. position, it will be mm, less mm, dis mm, disturbing with regards to the chronobiological system. And mm -hmm. then, of course, there are colors which are recommended for the use during the daytime, and other colors are recommended uh, for the use during nighttimes. And those are the, the purple, magenta, scarlet. Do you have any uh, insights as to which end of the spectrum would be more useful, the saturated reds or the other end of the spectrum with the, the, the indigo and the violets for uh, optimizing sleep, assuming the person is purple. Bio, 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 purple for sure. Huh? Purple is, is the, um, the color which uh, has the highest impact on sleep quality. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> the Dinsha's idea was uh, that you open some activity channels for certain chemical elements in the body. Mm -hmm. And he was convinced that each of us has enough uh, atoms, enough elements, all the elements in, in our body. But uh, the problem would be in, in, in Dinsha's idea, uh, the mm, um, reduced metabolical activity and so he would activate uh, the mm, elements in the body using their specific uh, color waves and for example purple mm, 
is uh, activating the brome. I don't know if this brome is this a chemical, the name for a chemical element in, in uh, English as well. Uh, bromine. It's bromine. A it's a halide or yeah, halogen. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know where where it was used for for which disorder bromium bromine was used in former times. Well, it used to be bromo seltzer. So uh, bromine salts uh, had been used for sleep disorders. Interesting. So, for example, magenta um, stimulates lithium and alleviates depression, for example. So it, it's, a, it's a color addressing soul-associated disorders. And lithium salts are used for depression treatment in pharmacolo pharmacology as well. So instead of administering lithium, Dinger would administer magenta. And magenta, for example, purple, those are colors which should be used during the nighttime. That's great. So <clears throat> now getting back to the toolkit, uh, you had mentioned the use of these military angle headlamps. And is that A-N-G-L-E? How do you spell Angle, it's, it's, the, it's a 90 degree angle. Oh, a 90 degree angle, okay. Angle. And it's an angle wow. head flashlight angle head flashlight there are flashlights with straight heads and there are flashlights with an angle head a 90 degree ah, here we go okay head and the the military flashlights are made for um, the use of color filters for signaling purposes and Perfect. so they have specific um, adapters or adaptive rings which take up take the the filters and so you can attach them easily in front of the aperture perfect and uh, you can get those filters through the dim dimshaw society no you can only get books from the dimshaw society because they oh, are they tell you how to get the, the filters the, the, the ban the ban is still on Okay. Um, so what they are allowed to do is to spread the information. What they are not allowed to do is to sell filters or to sell devices or even parts uh, for building your own devices. They, they sell plans how to build your own device. They sell okay. the book and, the, and they issue the filter recommendations. Okay, perfect. Are there... Any other, uh, well, dramatic examples that you could share with us with respect to the practical application of this, this approach? Um, I mean, the wound, the wound healing was pretty dramatic. That is impressive. The, but I have, for example, I have um, patients suffering from diabetes. They can reduce the, the amount uh, of, of insulin um, by 30% or so, as long as they treat themselves on a regular... I don't, I don't know that that's a great example, because from my viewpoint, that's pretty much a metabolic condition. You can control that 
pretty much with diet. But what, what, curiously, what color, color would you use for diabetes or insulin, better insulin control? Pardon, I didn't get that. Which color would you use for diabetic treatment? Um, it of course depends if you have residual activity in the in the pancreatic. Well, gland. Type, type two, the most common type. You know, we're not, mm. not, not an independent diabetic. So the the color which which addresses uh, the metabolic processes in the in the guts in the. Um, Mm, pancreas, for example, is yellow. Mm. And uh, as a standard, if, if we are talking about a chronic condition, the basic color, uh, which is always part of the uh, treatment regimen, is lemon. Interesting. Um, um, you would have one treatment with, with lemon mm, a day and another color in this uh, example, it would be yellow. Now, um, how, how does that work too? Because with with uh, the near infrared, I believe that has the deepest penetration of the body, can go in several centimeters, but these shorter wavelengths don't penetrate that far at all. They're really not going much below the skin. So what's the mechanism there? I mean, if because it's a relatively superficial treatment. Yeah, you're treating you're treating the skin without coverage, so mm -hmm. no clothing. Sure. Um, in between, and we know that uh, tens of a millimeter under the skin surface, we have um, the capillary layer, mm -hmm. and um, all the colors of the rainbow they reach the capillary layer, um, so they reach the bloodstream. And this is one of the um, of the direct actions. If you shine colored light onto the surface of the skin, it will automatically come in contact, or it will automatically reach the bloodstream. And this is the reason why Dinsha recommended treatment duration of thirty to sixty minutes. Um, he wanted to uh, make sure that your blood, your whole blood, comes in contact with the treatment color um, several times during the treatment uh, session. Interesting. So if someone wanted to find out more about this, is the, the primary resource then the dimshawhealth.org site where they can purchase the materials and instructions on how to actually construct this equipment? Yeah. So that would be the place. Dimshaw Health, D-I-N-S-H-A-H, and health.org. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there are in, in the last decades, many um, also therapists um, put their hands on the spectrochrome system and uh, provide or offer some some filters and provide um, devices, provide glass filters and so, but they are not endorsed by the Spectrochrome, by the Dinsha Health Society. Um, I personally only rely to the rely on the recommendations of the DHS. Okay, good. Well, uh, before we go, any other uh, powerful illustrations of the potential of this 
approach to improve healing? Um, when, when you think about the emotional disorders, just as an example, then I think it's, uh, it's quite easy to, um, to understand how colors um, are linked to certain um, situations, to certain emotional states, and that you can use colors um, easily to as an alternative to um, to drug use, but there, as I as I said, the when we talk about uh, infections of the urinary tract, or um, if we talk about wounds, if we talk about the, for example, in in my family, the in the family of my wife. There was um, a man um, who who was diagnosed with liver cirrhosis um, at the age of 50 or so, and he was given six months at the um, university um, clinic mm -hmm. uh, to sort out his, his things. And... Um, he exceeded this uh, forecast of six months by a factor of 72, uh, which means he, he didn't want to accept this diagnosis, uh, especially with regards to the outcome, and got in contact with Dinsha Gadiali. He visited him uh, in Malaga. He traveled uh, from Germany to uh, Dinsha's place and learned all about the diligent use of the spectrochrome method from Dinsha and took a set of filters home and started to treat himself um, as you would treat a chronic mm, condition with lemon and for example red is the color which addresses the liver and so he was able to uh, add another 36 years to his life lifetime. So when you're treating a chronic degenerative condition like cancer uh, and you're seeking to treat it systemically, how do you apply the therapy? Uh, you mentioned these military angle grade head headlights, but I would, it would seem like you need a broader or a few yeah. lights, you know, like, you know, maybe 60 to 100 watts and several of them with the filters. And how, how, So what's an optimum treatment for a pretty severe degenerative disease like cancer? So uh, the first thing uh, at this uh, talking about cancer. Um, when, Which is an example. It could be heart disease. Yeah, yeah. But, but it could it, be neurodegenerative disease. One of, like uh, one of the, uh, you, you can use the spectrochrome colors, um, for example, in addition to the conventional cancer treatment. Sure, yeah, um, obviously. You're not going to I, just rely on that. <laughs> I, I, I counsel uh, my patients mm, in a way that I mm, give them all the therapeutical options, and then I let them choose what they find is um, optimal for their personal situation. And, for example, I had many cases where uh, 
chemotherapy or radiotherapy was administered by the evidence-based medicine, but they treated themselves in addition with chromotherapy. And this is uh, the side effects from, uh, from chemotherapy, for example, the mucosis, um, the sore skin. Um, these are symptoms which can be treated easily with the spectrochrome uh, method. And it's, it's really um, amazing well, you're true. How positive the, the, the patients respond to it. And yeah, coming back yeah. to your question, okay. if you need, if you need a, pardon? In the example you just cited, that's the side effects from the therapy. So that would be local, but I'm just wondering for a broader systemic application, if you need multiple larger... The side, the side effects uh, of, of the chemotherapy, they start at the mouth. Right. Uh, and they... Uh, they end uh, at the other mm -hmm. uh, aperture, so it's a systemic mm, problem. Okay. And you talk about uh, loss of hair, you talk about problems throughout the body, so okay. it's not a local treatment. Okay. And um, it is not uh, necessary to use 600 watts of incandescent lamps. Um, when you when you um, think about the intensity of the intrinsic photon activity in the living cell, mm -hmm. um, it had been compared by Fritz Albert Popp with the intensity of a candle um, in a distance of 20 kilometers, which might be <laughs> 12 miles or so. So uh, in, in our body, on the informational not on the energy level, but on the informational level. Um, it, it, we are not talking about tons of photons. We are talking about the, uh, the right information. And there are a lot of examples in physics that um, based on resonance phenomena, you do not need the uh, very high intensities and especially in in the photobiomodulation area, we know this biphasic response or even a more complicated response that we only have a small window um, of, of intensities mm -hmm. um, which are effective. But when, when you work with colors on the informational level, then it's more important to have a pitch dark room where you where you do the treatment than a 200 watt uh, or 2000 mm -hmm. watt bulb okay. so if if the if the colored light is the only information um, the only photonic information in the room because the room is pitch dark then you don't need these intensities. And for example, the, mm, the photos with the skin burn I show in, in mm -hmm. some of my presentations, um, the device which had been used uh, for this case had um, a, an incandescent lamp with uh, 1.44 watts, 1.4 watts.
so, so less than two driven, watts. That's driven like, driven by uh, four double A batteries. Wow. And um, so you don't. And this is this is I mentioned this before. Uh, it it might even shake your ideas of um, yeah energy medicine or and and sure. in 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 uh, modern photobiology it's very important to be absolutely clear about the treatment parameters but from from my personal experience i have so many examples um, of of an effect with even very low light intensities all right so ideally it should be in a dark room completely pitch yeah. black ideally and the yeah. And it, it doesn't really matter exactly if you're seeking a systemic benefit as to the surface area of the light that's being exposed on your body could be anywhere or special points like you want to use acupuncture meridian points or you know put in your mouth or your navel when, or no no when when you uh, when you um, refer to the textbook mm -hmm. then dincha split up the body into 22 different zones and he numbered those uh, okay and uh, you look in the tonation plan let's say the liver is the zone number six uh, the head is the zone number one the uh, feet are the zone number 22 and um, systemic front for example means that you start with the tonation of your upper part of the body except in the tonation plan is mentioned you should also treat zone 22 in this case the full body has to be treated um and how do you, you want how do you, to address how do you, do, how do you do a full body you do it each one of these 22 zones or do you do you expose the entire body to the, the same you expose the body uh, to the to the colored light at the same time otherwise it would be a sequential local uh, treatment that's right. that's, this, is something, this is something different right. for example if you want to treat the pancreas or if you want to treat the spleen or the liver or the lungs or the heart then you have um, clear zones and as i said they were numbered by dincha because he found out that uh, the anatomical skills of laymen are sometimes not as good as they should be. And so it was the easiest way to say, shine the light on zone number three, shine the light on zone, zone number five or whatever, okay. or shine the light on the whole body. And uh, it's easy to achieve that if you are using diffusion filters, as mm -hmm. an example, you can use optics, but you can use opaque or milky filters in addition to the color filters and um, this allows you to adjust the, mm, the the angle of the aperture or the angle of the light uh, to your specific needs and if you want to know if all the parts of the body you want to to shine the light on are covered by the light you just mm, leave um, the the color filters and you only combine the light source with the diffusion filter and then you put your hand in between and where you get a shadow cast on the body 
uh, you can be sure that this will be the case also when you put in the color filters. Yeah. So for positioning the projector, you mm -hmm. just make the room pitch dark, put the diffusion filter in front of the aperture, and then you just examine or you, you test it out if the body is covered from tip to toe. You know, another common uh, chronic condition, Alzheimer's, is being having quite a bit of success uh, with photobiomodulation with the use of the near-infrared and even the red. Uh, but I think it's a different mechanism because what they seem to be working on is the cytochrome C oxidase in the mitochondria that they're regenerating. And they need a higher energy density, probably somewhere on the order of 10 to 20 milliwatts per square centimeter. So, but it sounds like this color therapy has a completely different systemic approach. It, it uh, already had a systemic approach when photobiomodulation wasn't even existing. And I just came, <laughs> I just came across um, a publication uh, recently, two days ago or so, where they talk about remote effects of the treatment uh, of photobiomodulation. So what uh, in some cases uh, is discovered, at, uh, had been discovered recently, that if you do some local treatment with photobiomodulation, you will get also some systemic effects. And uh, one of the reasons might be the thrombocytes, as an example, because they are also flowing in the bloodstream and they are filled up with mitochondria as well. So you treat a certain part of the body, but the bloodstream will take mm -hmm. the, uh, the activated particles away and bring it uh, into the rest of the body. And it also, for example, um, I, I didn't uh, calculate the, the doses um, which result from, from a treatment, from a spectrochrome treatment um, up to now. But what I definitely know, I, I did some research uh, on photobiomodulation as well, where we controlled the doses um, meticulously and cited them also uh, and named them in the, in the publication. But uh, there are just two souls uh, or two hearts beating in my chest. Uh, one is the... Um, the the, the physician uh, obliged to to the rules of um, modern phototherapy on one hand and uh, the other um, entity is this entity uh, who experienced so many times with little flashlights on children <laughs> on cats on on humans on my own skin I cannot tell how often I, uh, I experienced a skin burn mm, on my own skin when I was doing some, some uh, crafting in, in my lab and I treated it and it, some, some may say this is not evidence-based, they are right. Some may say this is a placebo effect, they might be right, but at least it is a reproducible placebo effect because <laughs> so, it, it worked all the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
Well, this is just absolutely brilliant and magnificent. And uh, I uh, apologize for not being aware of this Dim Dimshaw resource prior to our conversation, because it would be a lot more intelligent without, a, without so many basic questions. But I'm sure many people will appreciate the basic questions. So I am definitely going to get these resources from the Dimshaw Society and become at least understand the basics because the potential seems so profound and so inexpensive and so, so safe. I mean, how could you not have access to this type of therapy? And, and the interesting thing is virtually no one is using this. I mean, there are some cl clinicians out there who are, but they're rare and few and far between. And even the people who are, who've been doing it for decades like yourself, I and mean, when you use it, I mean, the uh, potential for uh, professional abuse is so high that you don't you 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 basically keep it under the under the table and you don't tell anyone about it. So, but this is a great tool. Uh, the information is is almost free. Uh, I mean, it's probably for fifty or hundred dollars you can get almost everything they have <laughs> for the information. Then for not much more, construct the equipment. So it's just a brilliant therapy, and I uh, greatly appreciate this. And I'll probably have you on again after I get through this material and, and have some uh, specific questions on how to apply it.